Welcome, Welcome, guys, gals, and and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a mini episode. So it has been snowpocalypse for a couple of weeks now. Uh, So Joe and I were unable to get together. So for the first time ever, Joe and I are not doing an episode together. In fact, uh, this mini episode, this mini Oscars episode is with roommate ryan so welcome roommate ryan hello (laughs) um so we are going sorry all you headphone listeners i have a naturally loud voice it's true i'm trying i'm moving the mic over for all of you you're welcome um so ryan is a movie connoisseur we have connoisseur (laughs) A whole wall of one of our apartments. One of our apartments, as if we yeah, have several. Because, yes, the <laughs> one we, we choose to winter in. The snowpocalypse is less severe here. Yes, many more ants. Uh, <laughs> so a whole wall of our apartment is full of Ryan's movies. So he is a fan, for sure. Uh, so figured, what with the snow and all, <laughs> and him already living here... And loving movies, it would be the perfect opportunity to do a mini episode. Look at you working with what you got, making lemonade That's like true. you read about. Isn't that isn't that like the the art of tidying up? <laughs> it's just whatever brings. Oh no, joy. I figured no, it no. Well, to be here. the thing is, is I don't spark joy. I thought you would have tossed me to the curb by now. Ha ha. Anyways, um, so do we want to just jump into it? Do you have any preambles about anything? Um, we're not going to be covering the entire list of nominees. I think we're cutting out stuff like um, animated short, although, you know, Bao is probably going to take it, let's be honest, the one that was in front of Incredibles 2, where the mm-hmm. lady's making the little dumplings. the little Chinese dumpling, and it's also about letting go of your children and empty nest syndrome and everything. And come on, Pixar's going to sweep, they always do. Um, foreign language film, if only because I, I really haven't watched any of them, uh, although... Real quick, Roma's probably going to take it. It's been taking everything, although I wouldn't be surprised if Shoplifters uh, was the dark horse on that, uh, just because the whole the the Chinese family drama, the homeless family and everything looks like uh, could be a winning formula. Um, uh, live action shorts, haven't watched any of them. Uh, documentary shorts, haven't watched any of them. Uh, feature documentaries, um, honestly, uh, I want Free Solo to win. Just because the whole I- the whole idea behind it is insane, and the way they shot it was insane, and I wish that I could have seen it while it had its limited engagement in our IMAX auditorium here in town. Uh, although, uh, given the political climate and uh, the fact that you know she's probably going to be in a lot of people's death pools next year, uh, RBG is most likely going to win. Um, she would not dare die. She better not fucking die. <laughs> she, she has not. another. Two to six years that she needs to stay alive for, goddammit. Her and We're Cher, counting on you. They need to stick around. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to be going down the list and kind of chit-chatting about the nominees and 
breaking down uh, who we think is going to win, who we would rather win, uh, and uh, also maybe talking about some uh, some films that might have been snubbed, uh, some, some options that uh, really should be in there that weren't nominated. Um, it is interesting, though, when you think about, you know, there's no such thing really as an Oscar snub. It's really more, did your studio think that the movie was worth putting enough money behind for an Oscar campaign because Oscar nominations aren't really handed out so much as bought, really. Uh, you you have to put a lot of money towards it. I'm not just talking about like shady dealings, but you have to promote the fuck out of your film in the right areas with the right people. I mean, you know, we both mm-hmm. know yeah, we've- filmmakers. You, more than me, you know some pretty well-respected filmmakers um yeah war um one of the the movies that i worked on got oscar qualified but not oscar nominated because we were on a super shoestring budget um independent film and there was literally no way that we would ever like the amount of money that it would have taken to promote the film we could have made three more movies like better like production value movies for for the listeners at home what's the difference between being oscar qualified and oscar nominated well just what you were talking about oscar oscar nominated means that they paid the money and oscar qualified just means that you were good enough to be considered for an oscar nomination so not just every movie that gets made is automatically oscar qualified there is sort of like a pre-screen process i mean you definitely can't like, not every, you know, bullshit, like, independent film out there will get Oscar qualified. You still have to be good, and that's where I still feel like these awards still hold a little bit of merit for me, but it did really kill the fantasy for me <clears throat> when I found out that basically in order to be Oscar nominated, you have to pay money, and that is a bummer. Yeah. But that being said, we we got we got some uh, some nominees that we're going to be going through. We you, do. You got so. a, a handy dandy little ballot print out there. Now, just so you know, uh, some of these might be well informed takes. Uh, I do watch a fair amount of movies. I drag Paige to a fair amount of movies, and she sees movies on her own without me. Surprise, surprise! She's seen one of the nominees this year that I haven't. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. But uh, a lot of this is going to be more sort of just regular-ass banter and, and hot takes and just really kind of discussing. So do not consider this to be anything official. <laughs> not even a little bit. This, this is, is armchair film, not even critiquing. This, this is, is... This is... I mean, he's not here, but this is Joe Daniel and I's brand of bullshitting. So oh, it's fine. <laughs> happy to be on brand. Um, so let's start with Best Animated Feature. So what's up is Incredibles 2, uh-huh. Isle of the Dogs, mm-hmm. Mirari, I think is how to say it, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's up Mirai. Mirai. Yeah. My bad. So... Haven't seen it clearly, so... Well, here's the thing. Uh, of course, you, you want to think... I mean, you, you, you're, you don't want to think, but you, you definitely think that Pixar 
and Disney are going to take it. They often do whenever they're nominated in that category. Incredibles 2 was a great film, but also you have something like Isle of Dogs. I'm not even the world's biggest Wes Anderson fan, but I find his stop-motion animation to be so whimsically fucking entertaining. I loved Fantastic Mr. Fox. Isle of Dogs was fucking beautiful, just the painstaking work that goes into it. But honestly, for my money, and I think for everyone else's money, it fucking better be Into the Spider-Verse that takes this. Spider-Verse should win, and honestly, I, I think it will win. Hmm. Um, I, I It was hands down the best animated film I saw this year. And even in a year that had, you know, the likes of Infinity War and other stuff, I think is the best comic book movie I saw this year. If not the best comic book movie I've seen in a while. Uh, you saw Spider-Verse. I did. Uh, um, do, you, do you concur? Well, so I, out of all of these nominations, I still haven't seen Incredibles 2. Um, you realize I own it. This is going to be a running theme, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it really is. This is this is what happens. This is the insight into real life living in this household. You realize that I own it, right? Is like his catchphrase. Um, I know you own it. Or will be if I ever start having catchphrases. Mm, you've got so many. Uh, so I have not seen Incredibles 2, though I've had the opportunity. Um... And I have not seen Isle of the Dogs. I did see Ralph Breaks the Internet. And honestly, it was a very sweet, very fantastic sequel yes, to we did, we did see Ralph, yeah. To it. Um, but honestly... That being said, it definitely was not award-winning movie to no, me. No, no. Which breaks my heart because I loved the first movie. I thought well, it was so sweet and amazing and great, and I think that they could this have done a little some, bit more with this it, one. It, yeah, it had a lot of decent moments and some great stuff building up, and it's still a great, great movie. Don't let this uh, dissuade you from watching it or anything like that, but especially compared to the first one, I, I feel there's some missed opportunities with uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, and uh, I thought that it was great as it was. I mean, yeah, no, it was great, but like you but can't it's... really catch that same lightning in a bottle twice. The yeah. whole... I see in the first one just all the crazy video game pop culture shit that was shoved in there. Mm -hmm. Reference per minute count on that is got to be astronomical. Yeah. I saw it three times in theaters just to catch as much as I fucking could. Mm -hmm. And and this one, you know, uh, I probably won't see it until next week when it uh, see it again. I mean, because mm -hmm. I saw it once in theaters, right? But I probably won't see it again until next week when it hits video and I'm. You know, you know, I pre-ordered it because yeah. that's what I fucking do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I seriously enjoyed it. That was the first when the first one came out. Chad and I were like, "Oh yeah, next Halloween, absolutely going." As Vanellope <laughs> and Ralph, we're gonna be so effing cute, and we like seriously How thought about it. Uh, not so well because we lived in Vegas and our friends suck, so we didn't end up going anywhere. So why spend the money? So on it's a the friends' fault. Smart it's move. Um, but yeah, bottom line, <clears throat> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is totally my pick for what will win and definitely what should win. Yeah, and um, I would have to agree. The animation style to do look like a comic book but still oh be my so God. fluid yeah. was so brilliant. Just the halftone shading and the fact that there was no motion blur and they had to come up. Sony Animation Studios came up with their own proprietary animation system uh, to, to put this together. Uh, and and uh, I believe they were thinking of copyrighting it, but they might have just put it out there for everyone to use. I, I could have swore I saw conflicting articles about that. But either way, it, I, I can honestly say... 
they always say this in a lot of like lead up and trailers and advertising. If you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, it is quite literally like no other animated movie you've seen. I can say that with 100% honesty. It is, and also, it is extremely heartfelt, it is earnest in all the best ways, and it knows exactly where to step aside and make fun of itself and, and let that shine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think everything from the animation to the writing, uh, the same production team that put together the Lego movie and, uh, you know, 21 Jump Street, uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. I mean, you know, to have, you know, to be booted off solo... Uh, the the Han Solo movie and have Ron Howard kind of pick up the pieces on that as best he could and that was you know a fun gay romp as you said mm-hmm. a gay space romp I mean um, yeah it was like I enjoyed it but, I don't know why everybody was so cranky about it like just enjoy yeah. things to, to, to it's, be it's not nothing is set out to sully the reputation well, no. of Star Wars but I'm, I'm I'm really excited for Phil Lord and Chris Miller because I've always loved their creative output from the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movie to the 21 Jump Street series to the Lego movies to everything else they've had their hands in to, to get booted off solo and then to come back and have Into the Spider-Verse just blowing the fuck up as it totally uh, I really can't wait to see what else happens um, with this movie series I know Sony has been kind of sharing Spider-Man with Marvel after they kind of bungled their own reboot and everything <laughs> that they tried to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with this and and the above-average Venom, um, which even you were like, yeah, that was actually a fun movie. I mean, once you leaned in and, like, yeah, understood you realize what it's a, it was. Like, <laughs> it's the odd couple in if body. it was, like, a possession movie. Right. <laughs> I mean, I still... Like, it still confuses me because I'm so used to the original Spider-Man trilogy. And I'm like, wait, is this the same? Is this different? I don't understand. Why is this? This is definitely more violent. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. one of those things. So. But, 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 but Sony as, is... as someone who enjoys comic yeah. book movies but doesn't necessarily read comic books, slightly confusing. But between Spider-Verse and Venom, Sony's actually, uh, I think, handling the properties that they're holding on to. Um, fairly well, and I'm excited to see a sequel to both of those. But yeah, so yeah, Spider Verse so, yeah. animated movie definitely gonna win. It fucking should win. And if it doesn't, if if it loses to either Incredibles or Isle of Dogs, I'll be okay with it. But honestly, give Spider Verse the fucking trophy. Yep, would have to agree. Yeah. What's the next category? Oh Jesus. Um, sound editing. So for the kids at home, before we read the, um, the the list here there is sound mixing and there mm-hmm. is sound editing and mm-hmm. i'm not sure that the layman knows the difference so sound mixing is making sure that everything is balanced properly that you have the right dialogue to you know diegetic noise ratio that the the sound effects basically aren't you know overpowering the other stuff in the movie that the score isn't drowning out you know words unless it's intentional just making sure the balance is right. Whereas sound editing is the, the 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 process of like fully work and coming up with a sound effects library and and kind of filling your world with those sound effects and kind of piecing it all together. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and I could be fucking wrong on that. I don't work in the industry, <laughs> but seems pretty straightforward. Um, sound editing. So Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. Um, 
of those, honestly, <laughs> dead air. Dead no, 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 no. I know Mack trucks <laughs> just driving through the silence, but this is me doing a hot take. Um, I want First Man to win. Really? Yes. Because you didn't like that movie. I loved First Man. Really? The person I went to go see First Man with didn't like it. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. No, I fucking loved First Man. I own First Man. It's a fantastic film. Um, I think um, a lot of people slept on it and, and also were expecting something wholly different than what was served up. But um, uh, as far as like just the sound effects and... and uh, the, the library that they had going there, um, I think First Man should win. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody seems, you know, pretty straightforward as to why they nominated them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have some, my own feelings about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther, uh, again, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff going on in the Sonic scape there. Um, a Quiet Place, of course, fantastic, but honestly, I would rather had seen A Quiet Place nominated in a different sound category, which it wasn't. Um, But uh, the sound effects in that movie were very well done and uh, were pieced together nicely. But honestly, for my money, I saw First Man in the IMAX auditorium and they left no stone unturned in the sonic landscape for that. Whether you're on Earth or in a bedroom or in some sort of, you know, briefing room or inside the shuttle itself or on the lunar surface, everything was tailored so well. I, I was I was mesmerized. I don't care that, you know, they, you know, went overboard on some of the, you know, close-up 16 mil shaky cam type stuff that they did. Didn't bother me at all. Uh, I was totally enthralled by everything that movie was putting forward, including sound. So uh, I think First Man should win. What probably will win, however, is Black Panther. Um, if only because they're they're not going to give it Best Picture or anything, so they're probably going to make sure it cleans up on the technical side of things to keep fans happy. Um, but uh, what, 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 are, what are your thoughts there? Um, well, I don't have a whole lot of opinions for seeing a majority of these movies. I've seen Black Panther... I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I saw the last 45 minutes of A Quiet Place. Yeah. Uh, and did not see Roma and did not see First Man. Yeah. Pause for for dramatic effect. As you say, you know I own it. <laughs> you know I own it. You, you already told them it was going to happen. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of saying it again. Oh, okay. Well, I... I'm all about subverting expectations. I think that people, I think that you're probably right that a first man should win mm-hmm. because it sounds like they did a really good job on you know but what yeah, it was, they it was had. Fucking phenomenal. Um, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, probably, and that's a movie I also still own because there's a lot of decent parts in it. But we'll we'll talk about that later on when we get to like best picture nominees right. and shit. So let's move on to sound mixing, Mix. uh, which is almost the exact same lineup. Uh, so with with a notable exception, one notable exception. Mm-hmm. So up is Black Panther, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, and A Star Is Born. 
Didn't see A Star is Born. Didn't see Roma. Uh, I actually want to see Roma. Star is Born can go fuck itself. Hot take, I know. <laughs> hey, let's make a movie we've done fucking three times already. We all know what happens. He pisses himself and then dies. Spoiler alert. He <laughs> hangs himself at the end because he's not as famous as Lady Gaga. Wah, wah. <laughs> You're welcome. Ugh, um, I, yeah, I have. No, fuck A Star is Born. Similar feelings. That movie is overrated. I love, here's the thing, I love Lady Gaga. No, she's she's great she's, as a performer and great as a person. She's talented, amazing. And I fucking love all of her output on the American Horror Story series and everything she's, like that. Yeah, she is, she is classically trained. Oh, no, she is, like, she, she, she is, is. She is amazing, but that being said, how many fucking times are they going to make us watch this movie? Well, no, and also, you're, you're nominating her for essentially playing a version of herself. There's not a whole lot of reach well, there. It's like but when, that's what they it's do. It's like when Courtney Love got nominated for The People versus Larry Flint. Holy shit, how did she play such a convincing coke whore? I fucking wonder. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be... But that was always it. That was always the whole kitsch of A Star is Born. Yeah. Because the last time Terrible. it was... I don't remember. Who it was, was Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. Oh, really? And then the, the other one was born. Judy Garland and fuck, I forget who else. Yeah, but. which I mean, I get it. Barbara Streisand has a big nose, so how could anyone find her attractive? But I mean, so Judy Garland, <laughs> like Judy, she's gorgeous. Well, of course she was. She was fed nothing but fucking meth and coffee. But she was. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if I ate anybody... nothing but meth and coffee, I'd want to fuck me. Here's the thing. She's. She was gorgeous. There's no way that anyone would I wouldn't believe. have any teeth, which also would probably work to my favor. But anyways. Only with a certain subset of people. Those ones that like that sloppy toppy. Mm, ugh, yucky. <laughs> we worked the term in. Yucky. <laughs> By me, I mean me. And your listeners have tuned out now. Yucky. Everyone except Neil is gone. Hi, Neil. How are you? Oh, uh, I don't know. Neil might not hang in for this one. We never know. We'll yeah, see. Fair enough. Text me, Neil, if you're but listening to this. But what I will say, like I said, a glaring omission, though, um, A Quiet Place. How the fuck did A Quiet Place not get nominated for the sound mixing? Yeah. Because that, I feel, was the most effective part of the movie. Anytime they went back to the daughter and there was just nothing but, like, the sort of low infrasound hum that just went with everything because her whole world is built around the absence of sound. Um... The, the fact that, and, and, and was done so well, um, I, I, it, it just is beyond me that A Quiet Place wasn't nominated for mixing. Editing, I understand, but the fact that he didn't also throw it in for mixing right. is fucking insane. Um, well, and it kind of makes me wonder, and I don't know how any of this works, and if any of you do, feel free to write us at I could help the <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Um, but honestly, I... I wonder if you're nominated in multi things, if you can step back from one and promote another. I'm not quite sure how that works in the, with the technical categories. I know there's a shitload of campaigns. Like, you don't see full-page ads in variety. Like, for your consideration, a quiet place for sound editing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, it's so like, did they... There, there's not, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of campaigning yeah. for the tech categories. 
No. Which, by the way, real quick, we might as well uh, address that. The fact that they... That they're just doing it during commercial breaks. The plan that that a lot of what they consider quote-unquote less popular awards are going... Like, they already have the Governor's Ball where they give away a shitload of technical awards. And that happens like three weeks before the Oscars and they show you a best-of clip, you know, right after they have you clap for all the people that died last year. And then... What they're going to do now is like stuff like cinematography or, or I think costume design and a few others mm-hmm. uh, are going to be awarded during a commercial break. Which and, is and, and then they're going to kind of edit it together in that fashion to show like, here's what you missed. Yeah. You know, previously on Oscars. Um, which is fucking bullshit. Like, I understand that they're trying to go for the popular audience. But if, if you remember... That's why they initially expanded the best picture category to 10 nominees because of the huge backlash, like the social media backlash and just like the critical backlash that happened when uh, in early 2009, uh, Dark Knight wasn't nominated for best picture. Mm. Um, Which, granted, we understand why a lot of genre pictures don't get nominated in like the best picture category. And that's exactly why they're expanding it because... You know, there are pictures that kind of fit, that are kind of outside the realm of, like, your, you know, standard independent film mm-hmm. that, you know, is, or, you know, your your sort of dark horse, like, you know, emotionally rousing or period piece or biopic or something that typically gets nominated. There are plenty of other popular films that also are wondrous achievements um, in filmmaking, whether on a technical or, you know, any other side. But then you, you know, they can course correct and, and, and go to complete other opposite side of the spectrum and, you know, do something like, if you remember late last year, they were talking about having a popular film category for the Oscars. What? You didn't hear about this? No, that's garbage. Yeah, they were going to have a complete separate award for like, you know, hey, here's, here's, here's the, the, the People's the, Choice Awards. Yeah, the People's Choice Awards are the People's Choice Awards for exactly. a reason. Exactly. Ugh. Like, we know, you know, the Screen Actors Guild are their own thing, the Independent Spirit Awards are their own thing, and we all know why those awards are what they are and how their nominations process work. And yes, we know exactly how the Oscar nominations work. We know people pay a shit ton of money, you know, the producers or the studio or whatever, to to make sure that their film is prominently featured into like, hey, fucking push this for this award and everything like that. Yeah, but we know what we're signing up for. Don't, you know, I know I'm signing up for, you know, a three to four hour telecast. Yeah, I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, signing up to want, you know, to bitch about whose speech they cut off. Mm-hmm. Like, but the fact that they're trying to get it down to like a two hour runtime this year. Well, and you saw that, um, like, the, you saw that, that, like, comic, right? Where they were like, oh, you know, they're trying to get the telecast down to two hours. Maybe they should hire a good editor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Film editing and cinematography they're not going to present. But, like, you know, the way they're cutting and splicing everything is exactly the type of shit that, you know, should be awarded. Yeah, which is so freaking stupid. (laughs) Which, ugh, yeah. Editing and cinematography are at the heart of what, like, film is. But anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, sound mixing, what, what should win, what will win. What should win is A Quiet Place. It, it wasn't nominated, though. Right. Um, what will win... Honestly, uh, they're probably going to give it either to Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, or A Star is Born. I think... All for obvious populist reasons. And not to say that those films were not achievements in sound mixing in their own way. 
Uh, I just feel that there are films that are more deserving of the award. Agreed. All right, move on. Moving to... on. Uh, production design. Um, so, you know, uh, coming up with, like, you know, the sets and the overall look and feel of a movie and things like that. So you got Black Panther, uh, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. Um, as far as, do you, do you feel like there were any real snubs in this category for production design? I know there was one that you were a fan of when we saw it in theaters. You couldn't stop like gushing about like the Art Deco meets retro future kitsch sort of like uh, yes. Hotel Artemis. Yeah, Hotel Artemis, one hundred percent should have been nominated. Really? For this. Okay. I go off. I it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Every single tiny little insignificant detail was there, present, accounted for, and gorgeous. Another. Um, semi-similar film that I felt the same way about was Bad Times at the El Royale. Yes. Holy shit. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with both of those, those choices. And this is... For, for snubs. These should They should have been nominated. But again, you have to look at it. These are quote-unquote genre pictures that typically right. don't receive a lot of love outside of the technical categories. This yeah. is where they were supposed to be able to shine. Yeah, which is too bad too. And like the same... I don't... Maybe it wasn't this year. Now I feel like an asshole, but what, I'm going to say it anyway. Which one? Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you was this year. That was this okay. past summer. Production design was was went off on that film as well. And this is also... Well, the production design was Oakland. But it was still very specific to like mm-hmm. the like the cubicles mm-hmm. and the right amount of To grime. that effect, real quick, uh, the fact that Sorry to Bother You wasn't nominated for um, sound editing... Yes, garbage. Yeah, I'm 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 pissed at that. I, I feel sorry to bother you. Should have been Sor- sorry, sorry to bother you. Should have been, been nominated, nominated for, for everything. so much. Yeah, <sighs> we'll get so to good. it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So production design is the type. Like I did production design for two independent films, mm-hmm. and granted, it was not creating a world in the sense of these films. But you're still bringing to life but it's, a vision. It's still something that is close to my heart because I'm like, holy shit, this production designer had to scour Hollywood for, you know, fuck you earrings or something like that. Like, there was... Well, either that or, or just, like, make them. Right. Have or, a design team that yeah, puts that right. together. Or yeah. make them. And, I mean, granted, my stuff was either pulled from my own life like, Dear George... Oh, yeah, no, those fuck you earrings you own are great. Yeah. No, so the the movie that I worked on a couple of years ago, Dear George, almost everything, that movie is, is Emily, the director and the writer, making shit that I owned look gorgeous. <laughs> like, legitimately. There, did not she's, know this. She has... Did you see it? Did oh, you? I've seen it. Okay. So there's, it's a lovely flick. There's a beautiful transition where it goes from little little like boy George to um, teenager George, uh-huh. and it's a close up on like a yellow into a yellow tie. Right. I bought Chad that yellow tie. <laughs> like, it's so great. And then there's a fantastic fucking shot where. Um, where George and Katie have moved in together and it's showing the passage of time with all of the stuff on a table. All my shit. 
it's my high school diploma. It's my college diploma. It's my three science fair awards. It's my, you know, pumpkin carving contest award. Like, everything in there. And I will absolutely hand it to, like, Tyler and Emily. Doing that, sh- doing that movie made everything look more beautiful than it actually exists. Mm-hmm. And that's... It's just, it's something that I'm passionate about. So, yeah, I think that there are so many snubs in this. However, um, when it comes to production design, Black Panther, I liked Black Panther. I had a good oh, they, time they at built Black an Panther. Entire they did build an entire fictitious world. nation. And, and you remember just the hand stitching on some of those outfits? Yes, but that's costuming. So, that's, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's definitely fair enough, yes. worth, yes. worth saying, though. I, but even just the just the sets and everything that they put together, like Shuri's whole R and D room with the giant open window mm-hmm. and all like the the graffiti art and everything, oh, so 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 well done. It's so yeah, it was so well done. At the same time, I don't feel like mm-hmm. it feels weird to have it put into this category. Yeah, like to have it. But again, again, I'm 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 gonna say it now, and this might be an unpopular opinion. As a fan of Black Panther. Uh, I feel that it was nominated for a lot more categories than it should have been because it was such the cultural touchstone yes. that it rightfully was. And I I absolutely agree with that. Because that's However, the whole thing. It's like, if it doesn't get nominated, we riot sort of thing. Like Right. And that's stupid. But I really feel like if you want really good representation in a film who that is also a really really good film Mm -hmm. black Klansman and sorry to bother you are far and away better to me Mm -hmm. than black panther and that's just hot Mm -hmm. take my opinion yeah black panther was still great and i have some thoughts about that later on in some other categories yeah but so anyway, so um, the favorite was the one that I saw and you didn't see. I really wanted to, but it's not playing in town anymore. Yeah, it went like that. It was Fuck, crazy. I was hoping to see it like a $5 night at Riverside or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I actually am a fan of the films of Yorgos Lanthimos. Whether it's uh, The Lobster or Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, even Dogtooth. I don't own that last one, but I have the other two. Saw The Lobster in theaters. Bought Sacred Deer. Uh, just... On sight unseen when it hit a uh, home video because it I don't think it ever came to town when it, it was making its its rounds and the only only one of his movies that I had seen prior to this was The Lobster and I if I can I, ask I feel like I I stopped it like a third of the way through. Because I didn't give a shit anymore. In the lobster? In the lobster. Wow. I didn't care. I was like, where are you effing what, going what, with What this? turned you off? Was it literally that it had no direction? Or was it? Is it a thing where... Um, because he his is a style that, that is definitely something that you need to adjust to. Yes. His and is I like did not this, adjust. I can and, understand and that. It can be very jarring for people to see this sort of... This rehearsed and purposeful awkwardness and this deliberate sort of style of of stunted and and stilted speaking yeah. that that he he goes for um i feel like it's but i it, I, res- I thought it works great in the lobster um killing a sacred deer was fine um i really wanted to see the favorite cuz i wanted to see what he could do in a period setting mm-hmm. 
And even you said, like, while the movie wasn't your favorite, the production design was just fucking... Well, here's the thing. It wasn't your favorite. (laughs) We're done. Bye. Little credits. Um, So, yeah. So, watching The Lobster, and I, it just, I didn't, I couldn't sign on to that. It's not my kind of film. And I am not saying that it's a bad film or that no one should appreciate his work. Because I do appreciate, I did appreciate everything that The Favorite was, mm-hmm. while at the same time understanding that it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I have... Like furries. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate the work that goes into it, but it's just not my thing. I don't know. They're pretty <laughs> problematic. Um, yeah, but just think of the costume design, though. <laughs> Who's winning the best costume design? Guess what? It's a group it's of people. It's the Reno Furry Convention. Yikes. Um, but no, it's just, I'm not into movies that could double as oil paintings, you know? Oh, yeah. So don't watch Barry Lyndon. So there's just a lot of, like, this is something that Emily and I go back and forth on because she'll say that one of her favorite movies is Lost in Translation, and I will riot for hours on how horrible I think Lost in Translation is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that here. We already have hour and a half long, and this is supposed to be a mini episode, so I'm not going to get into it. But it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. However, the favorite, the production design on favorite was insanely good. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this won at all. Um, take a look at the... Yeah, the only other thing, I mean, Mary Poppins, maybe, yeah, might have a shot. And I wish I had seen it, but I hadn't. Um, and uh, Black Panther, I think, has a legit shot mm-hmm. for production design. Uh, but what I think will win, and, and honestly, just even based on what I saw in the trailers, and the way you've described it, what I think will win is the favorite. Yeah, I think that it was, it was, it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and literally... I don't think that there is a single person. Well, maybe there is. Um, but I don't think there's a single reasonable person mm-hmm. who can look at that movie and not say that it was gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely right. If for nothing, then Emma's boobs in one scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the way it was done was very artful. Very, like... Tasteful side boob, eh? There's no, there was tasteful full boob. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. Now you're really wishing you'd caught it, huh? Who the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> I have my own boobs, thank you very much. If I want to see some 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 decent tits, I'll just take my shirt off and stand in front of a mirror. Emma's are better. I'm just gonna tell you right now. I mean for I've seen probably both less now. Hairy. And yes. Uh, so moving on to best adapted screenplay. So, yeah. So, we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Which, hey, like, between this and, and, and Roman, a few others, like, Netflix is is getting their shit out there. Like, this is a Netflix film. Yeah. They, they're they nominated for that more is, than they already have. I mean, and granted, in order to be, like, qualified, you have to do, like, a limited run in, like, qualifying theaters in, like, certain cities or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. that means, like, yes, there was some sort of limited release, but... For all intents and purposes, most people are going to know The Ballad of Buster Scruggs as a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm, for sure. So we have The Ballad. Uh, we have Black Klansman. Can You Ever Forgive Me? If Beale Street Could Talk. And our personal favorite, A Star is Born. <sighs> so I think 
I have not. Well, so I've only seen Black Klansman. Out of all of these, I think it should absolutely win because mm-hmm. it was such a great movie. But we're talking I, about just like from a writing standpoint. Yes. And that's the thing is like, did you read Stallworth's, you know, did you read anything about him? Did you read any sort of like autobiographical stuff or articles or anything that, that would have formed a basis for the movie? Did you read anything that, that Ron Stallworth, like, because that's like adapted screenplays when you take something that already has a right. given source material and then adapt it for being presented on yes. screen. But I think they are... So here's the thing. They're a best original screenplay, best adapted screenplay. I think they really are just going for what was the best writing, period. Yeah, not just just in this particular... Just like, where did it come from? And not necessarily the history behind it. Mm-hmm. So no, I did not you know, look into yeah. other venues. I'm just basing it based on the fact that I watched the movie mm-hmm. and that it was very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as... Um... Uh, screenplays that uh, are adapted from previous source material. Um, again, things that were snubbed. Fucking sorry to bother you. Yeah. Um, uh, Amazing. Boot, Boots Riley had a concept album that he put together. Um, and actually, I don't know. I think actually that Sorry to Bother You would count as an original screenplay because he put together the screenplay at the same time as he was putting together the concept album. He kind of pitched them both. And the screenplay actually ended up winning awards, but never was picked up for production. And so, uh, and so then you had a, a whole concept album, Sorry to Bother You and everything. So, yeah, never mind. But original screenplay, Sorry to Bother You again. Yeah. But as far so, as yeah, adaptations. Can, I think yeah. for just for time's sake, let's just move them all together. So we've got best, best, screen, best original screenplay. The nominees were The Favorites, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma and Vice, out of which I've only seen the favorite, mm-hmm. and I can't say that it was well written. <laughs> so Vice <laughs> was fantastic. Um, I'm surprised that it gets an original screenplay nomination because it's adapted from actual stuff that happened in someone's real life. So, but I guess because there wasn't, there's not technically like a sole like source, like a literary source, like it's based on this particular biography. So I get that. Um, Vice was fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if it won for original screenplay. But again, back to adapted screenplay real quick. Uh, totally agree with your assessment uh, for Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastically well-written movie and, and just uh, just a well-put-together movie all around. Um, anything in the adapted category that you think might have been snubbed? Anything that you think? I probably... I, I would... It would be hard for me to say because I am... Personally, hot take, so fucking sick of things being adapted from other things right now. Like, Mm -hmm. I am burnt the fuck out on sequels, Mm -hmm. on adapted anythings, Mm -hmm. on just... I'm... I am so, 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 so mm-hmm. burnt out on it. And so I wouldn't be able to come up with anything like, oh, they did, you know, like, Mary Queen of Scots. Oh, my God, how many times do we have to talk about Mary Queen of Scots? Can we talk about another queen? There has to be an interesting queen. <laughs> like, we have talked about, there was a... Well, that's t- why we have Bohemian Rhapsody. There's a fucking CW show. There was, like, three fucking movies about Mary Queen of Scots before this. We are over it. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean me personally. If, if I may, you know what I think was snubbed for adapted screenplay? Hmm. Fucking Into the Spider-Verse. 
Fair enough. I actually, um, uh, on uh, the Twitter feed of uh, one of the writers, they actually released a PDF, a downloadable PDF of the finalized screenplay. Mm-hmm. I read through it after seeing the movie twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can shot for shot see it in your head. Nice. The way they put it together. Um, and again, th- this goes to genre and, 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 you know, to a certain extent, even animated pictures not getting a whole lot of love outside their respective categories. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I think really needs to change. You don't need to have a, a popular film category or anything. You don't have to have separate awards for like, you know, you know, big budget blockbusters. You, you have to be able to realize that, yes, there are movies that are going to be both critically acclaimed and also be a big hit with audiences and, and on a financial level. And honestly, I think Into the Spider-Verse w- is totally worthy of, at the very least, a nomination for adapted screenplay. Because um, you already have great source material there. And the the sort of like coming of age meets family drama on multiple levels. Whether you have you know a villain trying to reconnect with his family. You have... Uh, a central character who's at odds with his his father and figuring out who he is. You have uh, one of the spider people, the Peter B. Parker, being someone who uh, is scared of family and that has ruined his life. Mm-hmm. All of these and, and so many different emotional threads coming together. Uh, again, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, you owe it to yourself to check mm-hmm. it out. It is fantastic. Um, but no, I think it, it was it, it, it got snubbed. For adapted screenplay, I think it was it was well deserving of a nomination. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with Black Klansman on that one. As far as original screenplays, um, so going back to that, sorry to bother you was snubbed. Mm-hmm. Another one I'm going to throw in there, Blind Spotting. Okay. Uh, Blind Spotting was the one with David Diggs and uh, Rafael Casal. Uh, David Diggs uh, was Tony Award winning um, actor uh, for the role of uh, Thomas Jefferson and. Um, and others uh, in Hamilton, mm. in Broadway. Uh, but he's also um, a, a very respected uh, spoken word artist, poet. Um, he uh, has uh, a musical group that has released uh, several things. Oh, fuck, why can't I remember the name of his group? I think it's called Cutting, but I don't want to be... It's... But yeah, anyways, mm. uh, Blind Spotting was fantastic. Um uh, another movie that I'm surprised wasn't nominated for anything. Um, that's another one that I, I I couldn't see while it was in theaters, but I bought it sight unseen when it hit home video, and was just thoroughly pleased with everything. And it's uh, you know his whole story of uh, this guy that's on parole, uh, coming up on the the final week of his parole, living in Oakland, and him trying to avoid getting into like any sort of like trouble as that's happening, but also the way the world is doesn't allow for a young man of color to not be in situations where it could be misconstrued that he was trying to start trouble or could be causing trouble or anything like that and it's that sort of movie Mm -hmm. but also has these wonderful segments of almost like there's there's a, a courtroom scene that comes off as a rap battle and it is so well put together and you wouldn't think it would be something that would work but it does. And uh, honestly, um, the fact that that and, and Sorry to Bother You weren't nominated for original screenplay is just beyond me. Both fantastic films that kind of flew under the radar this summer that were critically lauded, but I just don't think were promoted in 
the right ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe they just didn't have enough money. Again, yes, they are both very low-budget films. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so deserving of, 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 of as much praise as possible. Um, with that, for best original screenplay... Um, I'm actually going to go with my um, my Dark Horse pick on this, which is First Reformed, written and directed by Paul Schrader, uh, who's done stuff like Taxi Driver, mm. you know, um, but uh, uh, concerns uh, Ethan Hawke as a minister of a uh, First Reformed church that's actually a smaller offshoot owned by like some sort of like mega church, uh, and he... Um, is uh, I mean, can I can I just go into spoiler territory on this one? Uh, you know, full spoiler alert. Here spoiler alert! If if you Skip want ahead to see 15 first seconds, if you don't want to hear this, fifteen seconds. Let's try fifteen minutes. You know how much I talk. Um, okay, no. wrap it up. <laughs> All right, but no, no, no. You you have this guy who's already going through a crisis of faith and is being faced with a potentially terminal illness, and uh, he's also uh, going through like cup. Uh, he's mediating like couples counseling for. Um, uh, a pregnant member of his parish and her husband, who is this very eco-minded guy, almost is like an eco-terrorist in a way. Um, and and he is of the mind, this guy that he's uh, providing counsel to, this, this parish member, does not want to bring a child into the world with the way that everything is right now with rampant climate change and the destruction of the earth in general. And so you have this this priest being faced with all of that and then on top of that he finds out some pretty dark shit about the church the mega church that owns that like bought his smaller church basically uh and and paul schrader always does uh, amazing work i mean this all right subjectively amazing work uh because you know he also did um that one movie the canyons with lindsay lohan and and, and porn star james dean so uh, I'm sure Joe Daniel is losing his mind that I name dropped that. Mm-hmm. Probably in a good way. He's like, oh my god! Um, Funny. All right, we seriously. But yeah, no. Fir- to... First reformed, yeah. uh, I think is gonna is gonna take it. Um, makeup and hairstyling. Only three nominees. Um, we have Border, which I haven't even heard of. Mm-hmm. Mary Queen of Scots. Period piece, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vice. Um, Given that there, hands down, I'm, I'm going to say that Vice should take it because Christian Bale's uh, transformation into Dick Cheney, while also a great feat of acting, is a fantastic uh, result of, of multiple prosthetics and, and makeup appliances and everything. And yes, he gained a fair amount of weight for the role, but uh, his face had to be built up in a certain way. And, and even you know Sam Rockwell as George W. In that, he has several different like appliances that he's wearing. Um, everyone in that movie um, really kind of looks apart for their characters in a big, big way. Um, hands down, I think Vice is going to take it. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything that I saw this past year that was worthy of nomination, uh, being nominated that got snubbed. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. I'm just trying to think of anything that had any other like cool practical makeup effects or anything. And it's just... Not coming to me, so... So we can move on to Best Costume Design. Uh, we have The Ballad of Buster Scrubs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. I have, like, no opinion on any of this. Um, I mean, you could say that, like, um, The Favorite or Mary Queen of Scots are probably going to be heavily favored because they are period pieces and those typically have 
a lot that goes into the elaborate costuming and everything like that and, and it's all right there on film you see it very much so but um my pick honestly black panther mm-hmm. yeah um, agreed because uh just some of the uh, the intricate the stitching, the, the stitching and, and then great. the armor put together and everything and and not just in on you know the main character on T'Challa himself although he does have some pretty sweet fucking suits that he wears to the the casino in South Korea and everything like that but just all around um, the the costuming in that movie which was also done by the same person that did the costuming for Serenity not that recent Serenity uh, that has like Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey and it's like hey uh, what if the Sims were real life and you could murder people kind of concept but um, yeah that's what the movie's about they did not market it as such but it all takes place in a video game spoiler alert fuck it um, but no Serenity like the, um, the the film that comes after the Firefly series um, that costume designer is the one that put together Black Panther cool. I think she did a fantastic job um, will win should win um I'm trying to think of anything that might have been snubbed, but it's really not coming to me. I mean, if it's not coming to you, then don't mention it. It's cool. Hair and makeup, though? Just yeah. a step back? Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Hair and makeup, for Hair sure. Hair and makeup was great. Um, Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. All day. Yeah. She's, well, she's gorgeous. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> she wore, like, a napkin at some point, and we were like, cool, hip, let's try it. So, yeah... Paige has got this wrap it up look on her face. So we might we, we might wrap we might wrap and fire if some you, of this shit. If you can't think yeah. of anything, then move on. So best cinematography, um, mm-hmm. the the lighting and 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 uh, the actual like photography of the movie, the way it's filmed, the art of filming the movie here. Uh, we have Cold War, mm-hmm. The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. I I I don't like any of these. So here's the thing. Um, for me, I, I mean, I hate the Star is Born. Uh, Star is Born anyway. But the only one that I saw and the only one, even sight unseen with the rest of them that should win, is the favorite. They used... I will agree with you on that. They used different cameras for different characters. And they used different camera... Well, like, like, when you say different cameras, like you mean like completely different like lens setups and lighting yes, setups to... Yeah create like an emotional feeling yeah, for yeah, each like character. Yeah, like exactly. Like if you're feeling Perfect. like sh- shaky and, you know, uneasy and worried, you're filmed in like a shaky eight millimeter style and you know, just every shot, like how it mm-hmm. was shot for each specific character was different. It should absolutely win because that was brilliant. To that end, a, a snub in this category in my mind is First Man. First yeah. Man, a majority of it is, is, is filmed um, in you know 16 millimeter you know the film of the time mm-hmm. it has that grainy look but it's still polished mm-hmm. um, there's a a lot of what people call shaky cam but like you know a lot of the sort of like the quivering camera work a lot of tight quivering close-ups on people um, but uh, th- if only because there's a, a great moment in the movie and, and this is again the benefit of seeing it in a large format screen when I saw it in the IMAX auditorium I was picking up, like, and, and they didn't even clean, like, it was polished, but they didn't clean it up. Like, you could see pops and cracks and scratches and speckles in the film. So it, it immediately placed you in that time into period. that time frame. And as soon as the capsule door opens on the lunar surface and you hear the air get sucked out mm-hmm. and the camera swoops down the ladder and just goes out into space. 
the aspect ratio opens up hmm. to a full like 1.85 by one like IMAX ratio, and the film switches from that 60 millimeter style to crystal clear, fucking like beyond 4K digital film photography, hmm. um, and from every every point on past the the landing on the surface of the moon. The movie, it, even when they go back on Earth and they're like, you know, doing their debrief and everything, um, while it's still shot in the same style as what came before, you can mm-hmm. tell they're using modern cameras for it. Mm-hmm. And and it's again showing that that was such a seminal moment, such a a a, uh, a stepping stone from one age to another, mm-hmm. and and just the perfect way to to do it. You know, as soon as that capsule door opens, boom, you're in a new world, both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so many other elements of that movie. I really think First Man should have been nominated. And also, um, Blind Spotting should have been nominated for cinematography. Um, again, Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, Sorry to Bother so, You. So, sorry has... to Bother You is the most snubbed film of this year for me. I'm fucking hands down <laughs> on the table right there. <laughs> sorry to Bother You is the most snubbed film of yeah. this year. Yeah, it, it, in was, fact, it was amazing. And even more so, Hair and Makeup, because when it yes. turns... When Sorry to Bother You turns, there are some practical makeup effects that are Ooh. fucking stellar. Yeah. Yeah. They are... Sorry to Bother... Just go and watch it. And that that was that, that's Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis, uh, the guys that um, came up in Stan Winston's studio and kind of kind of took it over after his, uh, his sad passing. But they're the guys that still make a lot of the creature feature stuff that you're used to seeing. They're the guys that are in the suits in like some of those Alien and Predator movies that have been made recently. Uh, a lot of that practical effects work is uh, Woodruff and Gillis, um, and they created some outstanding practical effects for Sorry yeah. to Bother You. Yeah. Um, and another um, another thing, uh, again, probably not a popular opinion, but for cinematography, I'm going to put it out there. Assassination Nation. Yes. Uh, this is a movie that... That's another I, one that got snubbed. I, I think flew under a lot of people's radars um, due to its content and the way it was marketed. Mm-hmm. Which, again, money. Um, I know. And that sucks. Like, it sucks that there is some amazing work out there that just because it didn't have enough money to promote or didn't mm-hmm. promote correctly gets pushed under. And, and to be fair, I mean, Assassination Nation isn't going to win any awards for, like, the subtlety of the no. presentation of its narrative. It, no, it's as subtle as a fucking sledgehammer. Uh, but it's great. Yeah. It, it, um, I really really enjoyed that film and found that to be an underrated gem of last year and again mm-hmm. cinematography wise and and maybe even jumping back to some of the sound editing and mixing yes i might throw assassination nation in there um but cinematography wise it is a gorgeously shot movie there are scenes mm-hmm. that take place at like high school parties where everything is shown and i think this is where it can kind of get a little confusing and nausea inducing for some people the people that don't like that sort of shaky can Cloverfield style work, but like there are, there's one standout moment where it's being filmed from three different cell phone angles, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you have the three like vertical, and of course, you know, because all cell phone films, you know, World Star, they got to do a vertical, but mm-hmm. um, you have three vertical angles playing out, each one with its own sonic space. Mm-hmm. That is, that while it's taking up that physical space on the screen, it's taking up the sonic space in the theater. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, and it really, really, uh, 
the way that they wove that together and and the, yeah i'm gonna put assassination nation on my snubbed list for sound mixing yeah uh, and and cinematography uh, also cinematography um halloween that's fair halloween 2018 uh the uh, the new one that david gordon green put out recently um wonderfully atmospheric beautifully done a lot of fantastic long takes stuff where uh, you know, almost near impossible shots that you think you wouldn't be getting, you know, long take wise. I'm sure they probably had to digitally erase some camera reflections in some of them, but goddamn, very, very, very well put together movie and and just the lighting and presentation, uh, I think just uh, really deserves some rec- recognition. But again, that's you know a genre picture. Yeah. You don't see a lot of horror movies getting nominated i mean the last time you had a horror movie that won anything was signs of the lambs when it swept all its categories in you know 1991 Mm -hmm. which was huge no one expected that at all um but yeah a lot of films got snubbed i haven't heard of cold war or never look away Mm -mm. i don't know what those films are um and that you know again that that might be speaking to my own ignorance uh, but it could also be speaking to the lack of marketing on behalf of those films. But they apparently had enough of a budget to push for getting nominations here. Um, original song? Which, so, I mean, I don't, I couldn't even... Even if I saw these movies, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you which song this was. Uh, All the Stars is the, the, the credits song for mm-hmm. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll Fight for the Ruth... Uh, the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg... Um, documentary hmm. which i didn't see uh the place where lost things go from mary poppins returns shallow from fucking stars born and uh when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings the ballad of buster scruggs um of all of these um the ones that i've heard are all the stars the place where lost things go and shallow um and here's the thing if a star is born is going to win anything, they're going to give it this one. And it, it, you know what? It, they should give it this one. I feel. I feel like "Shallow" is a really, really good song that Lady Gaga wrote. That isn't terrible. Like, isn't as terrible as that movie is. If that movie, you're right. If that movie is going to win anything, it better just be this one. I, I wouldn't be mad if it won. Um... And uh, although I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the song from Ballad of Buster Scruggs took it because the Coen brothers, they constantly work, uh, have consistently worked with uh, T-Bone Burnett for years. And he is a master at just cultivating uh, already, like, already produced pieces to Mm. create, like, like, you know, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm. As soon as you mention that, you know immediately the sound style of that movie, you know, and, you know. Man of Constant Sorrow, notwithstanding, but T-Bone put together a wonderful, uh, you know, soundtrack that just evoked everything. And, like, that movie was responsible for kind of putting Bluegrass kind of back in the mainstream for a while. It was, like, the number mm-hmm. one album for God knows how long. Uh, but he also writes original work, too. He scores all of True Detective, T-Bone does. Uh, so every season, he's, he's not only um, cultivated a soundtrack for that, but has come up with original compositions for it. Um... And with that, I would not be surprised to uh, to see Ballad of Buster Scruggs uh, take it for uh, Cowboy and Spurs. Uh, I, but honestly... I think maybe maybe they should, but I think Shallow is going to win it. You know, it, again, if A Star is Born is going to win anything, mm-hmm. it's going to be fucking that. And yeah. that's fine. 
Yep. All right. Best original score. Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, I Love the Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. I think that, um, again, having seen limited amounts of these, I think Black Klansman should win because it should win absolutely everything it's nominated for. <laughs> and Terrence um, Blanchard is a fantastic composer, also a longtime collaborator with um, Klansman's director, Spike Lee. Terrence Blanchard's done movie, uh, the score for, I think, pretty much almost all of his movies. And Terrence Blanchard is also a well-known uh, musician in his own right and has scored plenty of other things. Um, the uh, New Orleans-based show Treme that was on HBO for a few seasons, uh, Terrence Blanchard uh did the music for that but uh he is also just well known for um both blues and classical uh compositions that are just wonderful and i will say he nailed the period uh sound mm. um yeah you could hear when you're when you're watching black Klansmen, there's sort of a raw uh feeling to the recording it sounds like it was kind of like recorded in like a large uh, reverberating room in the mm-hmm. 70s like the the snare hit because like you can there's like live drumming like the snare hits you can hear them and they they echo in a certain way and it it, it, it almost sounds like you're watching a jazz concert mm-hmm. yeah so but it it's, should it's, it should win but I think that this is probably one that Beale Street is going to take because it'll get snubbed everywhere else really I didn't see if Beale Street could talk um, I didn't either but I've heard enough things about it that I feel like that's just where it's gonna go Original score. Well, well, hold on here. Um, so, Black Panther, I think, is is uh, an interesting choice and has a decent shot at winning. Uh, Ludwig Göransson, um, uh, you know, is is one of those up and coming composers. He's he's been doing a lot of his own work for a while, but like he really got put on the map this year with both Black Panther and Venom. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, to a certain extent, he also comes from that sort of modern style of film composing where it's that that sort of like Hans Zimmer wall of sound mm-hmm. style that they go for but I think he really came up with a, a, a wonderfully evocative soundscape using some of the uh, the native chants and everything mm-hmm. and and regional instruments uh, in in even like the high hitting action scenes I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Black Panther took it uh, but hold on I'm just interested based on your pick um, of who composed if Beale Street could talk, and that's Nicholas Bertel, who uh, worked with. Um, I actually own one of his scores, and that's the one for The Big Short. Hmm. Uh, he also uh, did music for uh, Vice. He, he's worked with Adam McKay and his people before. Um, Nicholas Bertel is actually a really great composer. I like I like his work. He's sort of like this interesting. Sometimes he can go like very like minimalist Philip Glass style, and and sometimes he can he can be more of like the whimsical sort of like John Bryan's sort of uh, style. John Bryan is a constant collaborator with uh, uh, Michelle Gondry. He did like Eternal Sunshine and things like that. Um, but I'm trying to think of movies that I feel were snubbed in the score category. If uh, you can't think of any. No, 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 no. I have them. Okay. I actually have them. You're, okay. you're going to have to let me go. Uh, First Man. First Man. Um, uh, Justin Hurwitz. Um who won for, for La La Land, uh, I think he put together a fantastic score that is that is one of the few scores I've heard outside of like a Guillermo del Toro picture that uses the theremin <laughs> uh, and uses it as almost like the emotional centerpiece mm-hmm. of the musical soundscape. 
uh, to great effect also. It is very well done. Uh, but I, I thought the score for um, for First Man was fantastic. I own the score for First Man. Um, there's a, a wonderful mixture of like, you know, your standard like classical sounds, but with the modern influences as well. There's a lot of like some synth heavy stuff in there mm-hmm. that works its way in very, very well. And again, it's, it's like that meeting of like old and new uh, with, with also the instrumentation. But yeah, um, First Man, I mean, Justin Hurwitz, I believe, was nominated for a Golden Globe this year. I'm not quite sure if he won for First Man, but I was very surprised to not see First Man on um, the list hmm. for uh, original score. Um, there was one other one I wanted to talk about. God damn it. Hold on one moment here. Um, there, there was one other one this year that I that I think was... This, very deserving, and I, I, it may come back to me later. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll throw it out there though: Spider Verse, um, the score for Into the Spider Verse by Daniel Pemberton, who did work on stuff like uh, The Man from Uncle, uh, the the King Arthur um, reboot that never got off the ground. Um, but I really love the score for Into the Spider Verse. Again, uh, a modern uh, composition uh, that I think actually uh, suited the film perfectly uh and uh was just really really well done um oh that's what i was gonna say lauren balf uh and mission impossible fallout Hmm. holy shit um again uh uh, another person that kind of came up during like you know he's been scoring movies for a while he's scottish he has contributed a lot to hans zimmer's scores he's been someone who studied with Hans Zimmer, someone who worked with, apprenticed with, and ended up writing with Hans Zimmer. So, like, Lauren Balfe helped with, uh, you know, music for, like, Dunkirk and the Dark Knight movies and everything like that, helped write additional pieces and whatnot. So he's he's got, he's earned his fucking, his stripes. But, um, holy shit, what he put together for Fallout, the fact that he had 12 bongos. <laughs> you can never have enough bongos. No, well, that's the thing. is like, it's hard enough booking just one bongo player for an orchestra. Try finding fucking 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and making them the centerpiece of your percussive elements and having it work so well. And again, um, there are a lot of portions of the uh, the score for that that do kind of have that sort of wall of sound aspect. Uh, but hey, again, I, uh, speaking of Fallout, I'm throwing it out there. Uh, snubbed for mixing and editing for sound. Mission mm-hmm. Impossible Fallout was. Fair enough. Um, because all the sonic elements, whether it was... Foley work or, uh, you know, the the mixing and balancing of everything or the score, Mission Impossible Fallout was fan-fucking-tastic. There's a reason it made over, I, I believe it broke the one billion mark um, worldwide. And it's not just because, you know, Tom Cruise and well-established franchise and everything, but the fact that they're still able to keep it fresh after 20 years is also something to keep in mind. But Lauren Balfe's score for Mission Impossible Fallout I thought was one of the best ones of the series. Uh, by far my favorite since uh, Danny Elfman's on the first one. Um, and uh, again, takes a lot of Lalo Schifrin's uh, original compositions from the television show uh, and, and works them in uh, far uh, into fun little motifs while also playing with some of the established pieces like... Um, uh, I, I heard bits and pieces of uh, some stuff that both uh, Michael Giacchino and Joe Kramer contributed uh, on uh, uh, Giacchino who did uh, 
uh, Mission Impossible 3 and uh, Ghost Protocol, the fourth one, um, and then Joe Kramer, who did Rogue Nation, uh, both had their own like take on the score. And the fact that Lauren Balfe was able to um, put some of their elements into what he was working on and make it work within his sort of style, uh, I think, was great. But yeah, uh, a wonderful score that I think uh, really should have been nominated. Fair enough. All right. The next one. Oh, still going, still going. Um, so we're going to go with film editing. Uh, chopping and cutting everything together and making sure the flow and pacing is working well. Mm-hmm. Uh, our nominees, very important. Very important. Our nominees here are Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Um, what will win? Honestly... I think um, Klansman. Yeah, and I honestly, this is one of the ones where I wouldn't agree that I'd like. I I wouldn't agree that it should win. Really, I think it will win, but I don't. No, think what I think win. should win is Vice. See, I think Bohemian Rhapsody should win. Okay. Because there was a whole lot of bullshit to wade through with the real story, and they had to edit it to make it be a certain way. Yeah, yes. but they completely fucked the real story in telling it also. But that's again. Yeah, that, that, but it was it was heightened. It was dramatized. It it was what it, it was. It, filmmaking by committee, where you had band members trying to tell the life story of their frontman and still make themselves look good. Anyways, we're yeah. not going to get into that. But I can understand why you would you would mm. you would go that way. I think Vice should be the winner. I think Black Klansman will be the winner. Uh, as far as movies that I feel were snubbed in that department, um, again, throwing out Sorry to Bother You, throwing mm-hmm. out um, Blind Spotting, and Assassination Nation. Yeah. Throwing that out as well. Yep. Um, uh, again, you have a movie that, that uh, has so many different threads and, and being told in this modern way. And, and the fact that you have these converging storylines all happening at once and that you're able to still follow that narrative uh, I I think speaks volumes Uh, again Assassination Nation is is an underrated gem from last year that I don't think a lot of people are ever going to see agreed Um, Um, so with that being said mm -hmm. moving on best visual effects Uh, we have Avengers Infinity War Christopher Robin First Man Ready Player One and Solo and I've actually seen a fair amount of these. I have not seen. I didn't see Christopher Robin. I didn't see Christopher Robin, and I didn't see First Man. So but I, saw I can else. only judge on what I did see. Um, I loved Ready Player One, the book, and I was whelmed by the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I can't. I can't say that I want it to win, even though I really loved that story. Um, best adapted screenplay is where that should have gone, in my opinion. Really? Um, I thought it was poorly adapted. I mean, if it's going to go anywhere, though, mm. that's where it should go. Um, also, um, speaking of snubs, I think in mixing and editing for sound, Ready Player One was a viable option to choose. Yes, fair. Um, um, Christopher Robin, from all of the all of like the previews that I saw, it looked like they they interacted well, like with the live action versus. Mm-hmm. The animated CGI. So I I feel like like um, first man should win, mm-hmm. but 
potentially Avengers might take it. Um, will win Infinity War. Should win Infinity War. Uh, what they did uh, with the performance capture for uh, Josh Brolin as Thanos, uh, especially coming on the heels of something as bad as Justice League and the way that looked, um, having a fully realized CG character and having it based on a performance of someone else, using that as you know what you're going to build everything on top of, uh, is very, very, very tricky work. I mean, speaking of which, I mean, early contender for next year, uh, Alita Battle Angel. We just saw that last night, mm-hmm. and the the f- the effects on that were phenomenal, insane. Uh, also, this is a category where Black Panther wasn't nominated, and I don't feel that it was snubbed. the The effects in that movie bordered on outright cartoonish in certain moments. That final fight uh, on the the uh, the vibranium railway and everything, it, it looked like. At times, like a PlayStation Three, early PlayStation Three era cutscene, I was I was none too impressed. So I'm I'm okay with it being left out of the nominations here. Um, but no, uh, Infinity War, I think hands down uh, is going to be the winner here. Uh, will and should win. I feel like um, Solo is underrated because mm-hmm. we already know that world, and so we're not going to give any credit to. Mm-hmm the the world that they built because it was already built for them True. but i think that what they did was really good i wouldn't I felt like be, it was very seamless to star wars to be fair i, I wouldn't be surprised to be fair to be fair <laughs> for all our Letterkenny fans out there um i, I wouldn't be surprised if solo was, was like a dark horse winner on this uh, again, i wouldn't be mad at it you you have uh some performance capture with phoebe waller bridge as as l3 the 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 droid mm-hmm. um you know where you know she was wearing sort of like costume appliances over a green sleeve suit and kind of had to perform on set and then they had to erase her and make sure that her mm-hmm. mannerisms were still you know intact and everything and there's a fair amount of both practical and uh cg effects um in, in solo um but i think this is also like a mercy nomination for that i i i don't see it winning I would yeah. be surprised if it won, and, and maybe pleasantly so. I wouldn't be mad at it, as you right. said, mm-hmm. but I don't see it winning. That's fair. So moving on to like the big ones, this is for, for all the acting, all the marbles here. So uh, Best Supporting Actor, we have uh, Mahershala Ali in Green Book, Adam Driver in Black Klansman, Sam Elliott in The Star is Born. Just give the award to his mustache. You know that's all it really needs. Uh, Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell in Vice. Um, Rockwell's out. He already won last year for Three Billboards, rightfully so. And uh, while he's great in Vice, he's essentially um, doing a, a very, very well done caricature of former President George W. Bush. But uh, I, I think Rockwell's... Uh, uh, if anything, he should have been nominated sooner for his performance in Moon, Duncan Jones's Moon, back in 2009. But, man, and that should have just been for Best Actor. He played multiple characters in that, if you've seen it. But uh, uh, Richard E. Grant, I think, is a dark horse on this. There's been a lot of traction. And he, of course, is is um, classically trained and, and well-pedigreed. I mean, we're talking with nail and eye and things like that. Um uh, but even he was surprised at his own nomination on this. And I think this would be uh, a really... Uh, I've heard a lot of good things uh, of the movie. That's uh, where Melissa McCarthy 
It's based on a true story. She handwrites a bunch of letters and claims that they're, you know, famous and important. And, and like an undiscovered correspondence between, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, some famous historical figure. And, uh, and he's like kind of the broker that helps her kind of put everything together. Um, and then realizes it's a scam. Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, be mad if he won because I think it would be one of those ones where they're awarding more the body of work that he's had for like the four plus decades that he's been doing this. See, and I'm not, I don't attest to that. I feel like you have to do a good job on the movie that you're nominated on. The only one that I saw was Black Klansman and I've seen Adam Driver do better. I have seen him do better. I, I um, his, But uh, I think for what he did in Black Klansman, he did a great job. Uh, so here's the thing. I think um, should win and probably will win is Richard E. Grant. Um, Herschel Ali is great in everything he does. Every single thing he does is fantastic. He already won for Moonlight. Um, it would be nice to see him win again. Um, and from what I have heard and the snippets I've seen, Green Book is a, a fantastic movie uh, as far as his performance is concerned. Um, but I, I really I really would not be surprised to see them give it to Richard E. Grant. All right. And Best Supporting Actress... We have Amy Adams for Vice, Maria Del Tavia for Roma, Regina King if Beale Street could talk, Emma Stone for The Favorite, and Rachel Vice for The Favorite. And I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I want to know which one's the favorite, so I hope one of those two win. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I, I, I think you might be right. One of those two is going to take it. Um They've both won before for different uh, different things. Uh, Amy Adams, though, uh, I think did a great job playing uh, Lynn Cheney, uh, former Vice President Dick Cheney's wife, uh, long-suffering wife, if, if the movie is to be believed. Um, she had both uh, figuratively and in one scene literally a, a big Lady Macbeth vibe <laughs> going through all of it. Uh, and she fucking played that shit to the hilt. Um, I enjoy her as an actress. I yeah. wouldn't be mad if she if she got this. But Honestly, I, I think this could go anyone's way. Yeah. I, I think these are all strong contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, everyone's and, a powerhouse. Yeah, all, yeah they're, they're all top-notch performances. And, and I, it could go anywhere. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to either of the two from the favorite, Rachel Weisz or Emma Stone. I just hope that because I want one of them to win and I want one of them to go and look at the other one and say, so I know which one's the favorite now, I guess. I want it. I just want it to happen for the drama. That's what I want. <laughs> that's that's the one that I'm going to be the most looking forward to and I'm going to walk out of my Oscar party the second that that happens. <laughs> um, best actor, Christian Bale in Vice, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Oh, uh, do we want to talk about any snubs? No. Real quick? No. <laughs> don't you want don't want to talk about any snubs. Don't want to talk about any snubs because this is supposed to be a mini episode and we're already running at full length. Well, I'm going to play you off. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. So so forget opinions. We're just going to hot take it, I guess. Um, Rami Malek 
uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody and Vigo Mortensen and Green Book. Um, first, first things first, snubs. Uh, how John David Washington did not, did not get nominated for Black Klansman is fucking beyond me. Yeah, that is garbage. Um, his portrayal of Ron Stallworth was insane. Uh, speaking of supporting actor, um, uh, just going back real quick, a quick snub uh, in Black Klansman. Um, Topher Grace, his part may have been small, but as David Duke... He was great. Yes, that because should, that his, been his character for the most part of the movie was kind of played for laughs because it's like, ha, let's laugh at the Klansmen, which we should because Klansmen Klansman. are fucking yeah. stupid. Uh, all racists are stupid. If you're a racist, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway because you wouldn't yeah. watch Sex in the City. They wouldn't get that. Um, but uh, but man, there there are some scenes towards the end where he just turns it mm-hmm. on that full fucking evil, and you get to see that like. He truly buys in wholeheartedly into what this is, and it's not just a business thing or a way mm-hmm. to like gain, you know, local yep. power and everything. Like he is all about it. Fuck, dude. So yeah, Topher yep. Grace I think was snubbed for a supporting actor nomination, but mm-hmm. also John David Washington was snubbed for best actor. Um, son of Denzel Washington, uh, he's great on Ballers. I know it's fun to hate that show because The Rock's in it and it's on HBO, but it's actually really, really, really good. <laughs> um, but uh, his portrayal of Ron Stallworth, the titular Black Klansman, uh, above and beyond. Uh, and the fact that he wasn't nominated is is a shame. Um, but based on what we see here... I mean, it would be nice to see it go to Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate. Um, because his portrayal of Vincent Van Gogh was, was pretty awesome in that. But it's going to go to Rami Malek. I think it is. I think it's gonna. I think that's what's gonna happen. Will win. Rami Malek should win. Christian Bale. Um, Rami Malek did a great job. <coughs> Excuse me. He did a great job um, uh, bringing uh, uh, a dead icon to life in in the best way. Um, but uh, again. I have a lot of issues with Bohemian Rhapsody just on principle because of what the movie was supposed to be and what it should have been back when it was something that was being developed by Sasha Baron Cohen as a starring vehicle for himself and it was going to be about, like, it was going to be an actual Freddie Mercury biopic and be less about the meteoric rise of the band and be more about the actual life of the front man whose life story is just an interesting like sort of rags to riches sort of thing that also you know culminates in well-known tragedy um but well and while i can understand your point on that you can't base your expectations off of what it is now like you have to base it off of the movie Mm -hmm. that you see in front of you and not what the movie should have been Mm -hmm. when it was in front of you so in that regard, then I guess it could be a toss-up between both Rami Malek and Christian Bale. Because if you're, if you're only going to base it off of, you know, um, taking opinion out of it completely and basing it on, like, did they embody a character? Did you believe that they were that person? Mm-hmm. And especially when you have two characters that were such uh, public figures, you know, one in the music world, one in the political world, and the fact that there is endless reference footage of each of them for these people to base their performances off of. I think they both embody their respective characters very well. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Rami Malek, but uh, I, I feel it should go to Christian Bale uh, because his his work as Dick Cheney is insanely spot on. Holy shit! It is it is eerie. It is creepifying. It is cringe inducing, and and fantastic. Fair enough. All right. Um, best actress, we have ooh someone some completely unpronounceable. This is why I'm really really happy that I am not a presenter of awards. Uh, Yalitza Precio for uh, Roma. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Glenn Close for The Wife. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Lady Gaga, Starsborn. Melissa McCartney. I'm Melissa McCartney. I can't. Talk Melissa anymore. McCarthy. Thank you. Can you ever forgive me? So, um, out of all of those, I have only seen The Favorite, so I can't really say. Here's the thing. I would love for Olivia Coleman to win. She is a fantastic actress who has been doing great work for a while. Uh, if you saw The Lobster, she was uh, the wife in the husband and wife duo that runs the hotel. Uh, she's also in Hot Fuzz. Uh, she's the only female officer uh, in their precinct and always cracking those bad sex jokes. Um but uh, she's had a long and storied career, um, and uh, from everything that I've seen and heard, I really wish I saw the favorite while it was still in town. I, uh, it's one of the ones I'm, I'm going to regret missing. But again, uh, I'll probably end up buying it sight unseen. Uh, but uh, I, I feel she deserves this win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they fucking threw a bone at Lady Gaga. Uh, not that she needs it. She, I mean, she's she's got enough awards uh, was, in her own she lane. She was probably good in it. We didn't see it, and she is classically trained. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so are porn stars. They're classically trained adult film actors. They, you know, they. Thank you, Rob Arnie and Don. <laughs> um, but um, it would be interesting to see Melissa McCarthy take it. I'm actually pulling for her. Um, Fair enough. Because uh, again, this is. Someone who's primarily known as a comedic actress who is uh, way outside that you know comfort zone and, and playing a, a emotionally and mentally troubled um, and tragic character. Um, and again, like something where you kind of want to reach out from the screen and stop them from doing what they're doing, and you can't. And uh, again, in the vein of someone like you know Robin Williams. Or, or, or others, I, I think the best tragic performances come from people that are primarily known for uh, their comedic stylings. Um, because I think in order to go so off the rails uh, on the funny side of things, uh, you have to, I, I think that almost precludes like a great talent for doing so in the other direction. Um, and, and I feel that needs to be recognized because that's a, that's a tremendous amount of range. Uh, and I, I think she's fantastic in everything she does. Uh, when she got that Dark Horse nomination for Supporting Actress off her turn in Bridesmaids, I was like, holy shit, yes. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, give it to Melissa McCarthy. They probably won't. It'll probably go to Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as snubs, uh, where the fuck was Claire Foy's nomination for First Man? Hmm. Um. She was goddamn stellar in that. <clears throat> and then um, also, I was going to say, uh, fuck, I had it and I lost it. Oh, well, Claire Foy uh, should have been nominated for First Man. Uh, she was amazing. 
as Armstrong's wife, as as the matriarch trying to hold everything together and uh, just can't. Uh, just dealing with, you know, so much tragedy and everything around her and still trying to be like the center of this this family unit, even though the other half of it is literally going to be a world away. And, and she doesn't even know if, if he's going to be coming back. I mean, she, she played it so wonderfully. Um, really, really feel that she uh, should have gotten a nomination out of that. Um, moving on, we're almost wrapped up, which I know is what uh, Paige and all of you are hoping for. Um, best Director, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pavel Pavlikowski for uh, Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, and Adam McKay uh, for Vice. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Cuaron. If this is the one thing that Roma wins, um, it it would not surprise me at all. Um, Also, I would not be surprised for a a Dark Horse win from The Favorite. Um, uh, Again, Yorgos Lanthimos has a way of, uh, as Paige mentioned earlier, she's not a big fan of movies that could be oil paintings, but I feel it takes a very keen res- eye. It's very, like, it's very, <coughs> I have nothing but respect for him. Mm-hmm. Like, what he does is amazing. I just personally feel mm-hmm. like it's just done to be artistic and not to make a point. Mm-hmm. Um... But honestly, I think it's it's probably going to be Spike Lee, probably for which, Black Klansman, which I'm all right about. Um, Spike Lee will win, and most likely should win. Uh, but if Adam McKay picks it up for Vice, I think that would be a great uh, a, a, a great sort of like uh, surprise win mm. for all involved. I think he did a great job. Um, as far as um, As far as uh, snubs, I just remembered a few other snubs while we're at it. Uh-huh. Going back uh, to Best Actress, uh, Tony Collette in Hereditary. Fair enough. Holy shit. Yeah, she was crazy. <coughs> Not just crazy. No, she... Um, I, I, I don't even want to explain anything about that movie like i know i've been giving out a whole bunch of spoilers but holy shit if you even had a passing interest in hereditary <laughs> go see it and i and i'm still not sure if i'm totally on board with the way that movie ended i but here's holy the thing. fuck tony collette and again this is a genre picture right it's a it is a horror film movie and i don't know that it was and, and her trade is such like when oh, I start it very much was marketed as as like a horror thriller sort of thing. Okay, well then maybe we weren't watching mm-hmm. the same trailers, but I was surprised mm-hmm. at what it ended up being. Um, so Hereditary, I think, was snubbed not just in the best actress category, uh, but um, uh, a few others. Uh, cinematography, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score is fantastic, and the score is very. Sp- like that still kind of gets to my soul the whole scary violin thing. Well, not even that. Like there, uh, there's just it's, some it's weird. A good effect. Yeah, some weird instrumentation that's used there. 
Uh, but Alex Wolf, I think, was snubbed for supporting actor. He, uh, she plays. Uh, he he plays the son. Oh yeah, he did really good. Um, he was also uh, snubbed for his work in uh, Patriot Day uh, about a year or two ago. The one about the Boston bombing, the Boston Marathon bombing. He played the younger of the two bombers, um, and and he was just stellar. Uh, but I, I've always enjoyed uh, his work, and I thought he was great in Hereditary. Um, but I think also that movie, um, uh, for cinematography, for score, and also for uh, sound mixing and mm-hmm. editing, should have should have gotten some recognition. Supporting actress, uh, I think, uh, speaking of more genre films, any recognition, Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place mm-hmm. should have been nominated. Um, or or um, Millicent Simmons, um, the actual deaf girl that plays their deaf daughter mm, yeah if she had been nominated for supporting actress i would have fully backed that uh for a quiet place uh the score for a quiet place by marco beltrami i think uh was fantastic he's uh, a longtime uh, composer i mean he you know came up uh doing again more genre work the screen films were like his first major exposure to uh to mainstream film scoring and he's worked with a slew of directors from guillermo del toro to uh um just uh, so many others, uh, Paul W. S. Anderson and things like that. Uh, but his score um, for uh, A Quiet Place had some. You granted, like all the pulse pounding stuff, but it was more of the softer elements with like the broken piano. Mm-hmm. You know, when the families gathered round, and, and I think it was just really atmospheric and well done. And cinematography in that again, I think should have gotten a nod in A Quiet Place. Um, also, other snubs, now they're coming to me. Uh, Annihilation. Uh, Alex Garland's a- adaptation of uh, the uh, the Southern Reach trilogy. Uh, adapted screenplay, it was snubbed. Um, I think uh, it could have easily gotten uh, a-, a score nomination. Uh, and should have. Because that had a great sort of... Uh, sort of eerie synth thing going for it that worked out really, really well. Um, And uh, also, uh, another thing with cinematography and uh, sound editing and mixing, I think Annihilation got snubbed on pretty fucking hard. Um, And and, uh, even to a certain extent, even though they're somewhat cartoony, um, I'll, I'll put it out there, visual effects on Annihilation. Especially with the entity at the end, and the weird uh, dance that takes place there, and that whole sequence uh, was just unnerving and and brilliant and beautiful. That whole movie was unnerving and brilliant and beautiful. Annihilation, I think, was uh, something that really should have uh, gotten a lot more love uh, this year. But again, it wasn't marketed very heavily. It only got a theatrical release in the United States. It went straight to fucking Netflix everywhere else. Um but uh, Alex Garland is a director that I think people are really going to want to keep an eye on. He's written some of your favorite movies and directed even uh, uh, directed uh, Ex Machina a couple years ago, which was a surprise winner for visual effects that year. Um, but yeah, those are some other snubs that just came to mind while we were looking at the uh, best director category. Cool. Uh, and to that, to that effect, I'll throw in... Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary. I'll throw him in. Mm. Uh, 
as well as Garland for Ex, Mon- uh, Ex Machina, not Ex Machina, for Annihilation, um, as directors uh, that should have been nominated um, and, and weren't. Uh, but as far as who will win and who should win, we talked about uh, Spike Lee and how I, he, he probably will and should, but I wouldn't mind Adam McKay taking it. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. All right, so we've come to Best Picture. Mm. Um, we've got Black Panther. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice, which we've talked about all of those um, so far. Uh, my hot take is that the... Uh, I'm going to say I would like for the Black Klansman to win. I think it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. No. That's my. That's what I think is going to happen. If Bohemian Rhapsody wins Best Picture, no. I think it's either that or A Star is Born, and I don't want A Star is Born to win. Well, no, anything. Bohemian Rhapsody shouldn't win because I understand that, you know, you have to condense story elements and things like that to make a movie work within the time that it's being presented, and you have to, you know, make there be like a narrative flow. But uh, as gr- as great as many parts of the movie were, I enjoyed it when I saw it in theaters. Uh, it was worth seeing in theaters just to hear those classic songs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be put out there. And the way they recreated the uh, the Live Aid uh, performance, I think, was well done. Um, but they really kind of rushed over a lot of stuff in 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 Freddie's life. And again, this comes from a place of, you know, you have remaining band members, Roger Taylor, et cetera, that are uh, executive producers on the film and kind of ended up taking over and wanting the movie to be more about the band and less the Freddie Mercury biopic that it was originally planned to be. Um, And in that case, a lot of things end up getting railroaded. Um, One of the most glaring things... um, is when they show Freddie Mercury receiving his diagnosis before the Live Aid concert. Hmm. Uh, like, like, and they make it seem like it's right before, uh, and, and that that was like his like impetus, and he gets his mates he together. And he's like, we have to do this one last show, and it's going to be great. The show must go on, sort of thing, because I don't know how much long I have left on this earth. And while that is narratively and dramatically pleasing. It is woefully inaccurate among many other inaccuracies in that movie, both chronological and just straight up not factual at all. Um, I mean, Queen had a a very long life uh, even after that. They make it seem like the Live Aid performance is the end-all, be-all, and granted, that is one of their defining moments. Uh, But they went on to great success after that for a while. They had a few albums. Uh, They... uh, uh, did some successful uh, theme songs. I mean, if you ever watched the Highlander series or Renegade back in the day on television, you know Queen was all over that shit. Their song um, that they did for the Highlander series is one of the best ones they've ever done. And there's like maybe one person that knows what I'm talking about and it's like, oh my God, fuck yeah, and they're fist pumping, which you should. <laughs> um, but uh, I-, I think Bohemian Rhapsody... While Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury was commendable, what they did to the legend of the person is shameful. 
in my opinion. And I would not want to reward that at all. Also, Brian Singer's a fucking creeper. And <laughs> by director Brian Singer, mm-hmm. yeah, total creeper. Okay. Underage, uh, alleged interactions with uh, underage, uh, you know, male talent and, and, and things like that. Um, sort of like a Kevin Spacey vibe mm-hmm. that's been going on. And, and again, another like open secret in Hollywood. And that's why he was and also he he you know with all those legal troubles going on he ended up kind of stepping away from the film and dexter fletcher had to come in and and finish up the last portion of it even though uh singer got full credit fletcher uh has become a great was an actor who's become a a great director in his own right but dexter fletcher did a lot of stuff with like guy Ritchie. he was in Lockstock and snatch and things like that uh, but he directed eddie the eagle the one with taron edgerton and uh hugh jackman about mm-hmm. uh the uh just the regular joe who becomes like an olympic ski jumper mm-hmm. and also he is directing rocket man the uh, upcoming uh yeah. elton john biopic with taron edgerton again doing his own singing he sings all his own songs and that's another thing rami malek while he did singing it was a mixture of him and Mercury's own vocals and that one Canadian vocalist that blew mm-hmm. up for a while mm-hmm. uh, to to create like this new version of Freddie Mercury's voice. And to that end, I totally understand why they had to do that. And so I can see why it was nominated for like mixing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do not see Bohemian Rhapsody as a best picture contender. Uh, I don't I don't know why it's there. I, because people love Queen. And oh, I know, I know. Not, I love Queen. It's one of those things where I that that's why I said I didn't say that I wanted it to win. I said that it probably will win because right. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize for our upstairs neighbors. Apparently, they're having some sort of bullying bowling yeah. thing or something. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Green Book or Roma. Yeah, take I wouldn't. It. I wouldn't either. Um, honestly, all of them have a pretty. Yeah, Black Black Klansman, I think, has a good shot. Black Panther, uh, I don't think, has any shot at winning Best Picture, realistically. Um, uh, I think it's great that they nominated it, but I don't even think it's the best Marvel movie that came out last year, let alone a Best Picture contender. Um, And that's, again, my opinion, hot take. Uh, Black Panther is a fantastic movie. It, It has many, many great elements. Is it a Best Picture contender? No. Did it... Uh, honestly, swap out Black Panther for Into the Spider-Verse. You want your representation, your best picture nominees? There it is. Into the Spider-Verse. I would I would I would trade that in for Black Panther 100%. Yeah. Um, and I would trade out Bohemian Rhapsody for Sorry to Bother You. Yes. Again, and, and then rep- speaking I mean, of more yeah. snubs, That's what Boots I'm Riley yeah. snubbed as a director for Sorry to Bother You. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Um and also um speaking of more dark horses, um uh, and pictures that were snubbed. Uh, David Diggs not getting a nomination for his work in Blind Spotting, I think, is a travesty as well. Um, I think honestly, I wouldn't. Uh, what will win is probably Green Book or Roma. What should win is Vice or Black Klansman, in my mind, of the ones that are here. Um, and as far as. Uh, Snubs for uh, for best picture. I don't really see a whole lot of snubs. I just see a lot of undeserving nominations this year. Um, other than you know, Into the Spider Verse, and again, that's them 
the last time an animated movie was nominated for Best Picture was Beauty and the Beast hmm. in 1992. Um, but uh, I, I really don't think I can say this enough. Into the Spider-Verse was fantastic. Um, also, if, if we're talking about uh, more snubs and genre pictures uh, for mixing and editing in the sound, where was Aquaman's nominations? That's true. Yeah. That uh, was- and, and for cinematography too, mm-hmm. Aquaman. I know it, it, it's it's become you know the thing to do. It's fashionable to shit on Aquaman, uh, but I I loved that movie. It buckled the fuck out of my swash. It knew exactly what it was, and you know, granted, if there's an award for most uh, exposition dump conversations being interrupted by explosions, Aquaman would hands down win it. Yeah. But this ain't that type of award show. No, this isn't um, the MTV Movie Awards. But uh, I think there are some technical categories that it very much could have been nominated for and wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the Academy has a thing with genre pictures. Which is why it's such a big deal that, like, you know, Black Panther is getting that Best Picture nomination and everything. Mm-hmm. Because for, for that film, also, um, if you want to talk about snubs from Black Panther... Where's Michael B. Jordan's Best Supporting Actor nomination for his work as Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Killmonger? Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. He was by far the most compelling Marvel villain that I have seen. Um, from just motive and portrayal and everything else. Uh, but holy shit, his scenes with Sterling K. Brown when he's, uh, you know... Uh, you know, communing with the ancestors and everything, but it's in that apartment in Oakland because he and his father are barred from the sort of, you know, the everything the light touches pride lands afterlife that they have there. Um, was just fucking amazing. And his whole his whole thing at the end where, uh, you know, he was like, you know, he doesn't want to live. You know, let me die and bury me at sea with my ancestors who jumped from the ships because they realized death was better than living in bondage. Just... Oh, he was so great in that movie. And so you, you want to know where those Black Panther noms should be. Uh, you should be nominating uh, Michael B. Jordan for his work as uh, Eric Killmonger in that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, that that about wraps it up. And we are about coming, do it. We're coming in um, just a, a few minutes shy of what the intended telecast will actually... Their goal is. So okay. that's always nice to, to hit... <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering Hit a where, goal. where where where's the horse, Paige? Where where's the horse? The horse you rode in on, so oh. I so you can get fucked along with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that a movie that you own that I can watch? Maybe you getting fucked by a horse is a movie no one should own or watch. <laughs> well, I hope <coughs> you've enjoyed this trashter piece. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so we will be going back to our regularly scheduled episodes very soon. Hopefully Snowpocalypse will give us a break and we'll be able to record again. We got a 30% chance of snow coming up uh, tomorrow night. Another storm pushing up yeah. against the Sierra Nevadas. So. Yeah. Ugh. It's a good time to not have four-wheel drive. Anyway, um, we will talk to you guys later. And remember, as always... Remember to wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye.